This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Close Up with Phyllis Smith. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Close Up. And yes, I am Phyllis Smith. Well, how many of us have found ourselves feeling like we're in a fog? You know, that sort of two o'clock, I can't move, I can't, I can't go on any longer. Our brain is fried. We feel depleted. Well, one of our guests today is Dr. Teplitz, Jerry Teplitz. He is an expert at helping you optimize your brain power and your own personal energy system. He is the author of nine books and has given over 1,700 presentations to more than 1 million people since 1974. Those people who attend those presentations report becoming more positive, effective, focused, energized, and more productive, and who wouldn't want that? So let me welcome, uh, and he's also, by the way, a speaker at the eWomen Network Conference. So please welcome Dr. Jerry Teplitz. I'm doing great, and boy, can we use you, I'll tell you. So, um, first of all, this is like crazy because you actually were an attorney at one point. And how did attorney translate into holistic health, a PhD in holistic health sciences? Well, all this started in the early 70s uh, when I was... Uh, going into being an attorney and uh, I was um, hanging around a group of friends in Chicago and they were getting into all kinds of things and you have to realize this is the early 70s. It was yoga, meditation, nutrition, kind of an A to Z on different things and back then that was like real weird and I was scared of that stuff. I was actually not interested in it. Uh, I was going to be an attorney. But I kept hanging around these uh, friends, and I got peer pressured into trying some of the things. And I finally said, "Okay, I'm going to take a, I'm going to do hatha yoga as a mm-hmm. means of shutting them up." <laughs> and I, and I, and I was also looking to convince them I was going to use my legal skills to show them this stuff didn't work, so they'd leave me alone. <laughs> so shortly after I started doing yoga, I noticed lower back pain problems I had most of my life were gone, and I had more flexibility than I ever had as a high school athlete. I got so excited, I started studying it and wound up becoming a master teacher of Hatha Yoga and then uh, started studying some other things, uh, an area called Shiatsu, which I was able Mm -hmm. to uh, learn how to get rid of headaches in 90 seconds and migraines five minutes, and... So I started uh, to uh, decided I didn't want to do law anymore. I didn't like uh, things that were connected with that, and so I decided uh, to speak to colleges and created a program called How to Relax and Enjoy Being a Student or Passing Your Exams. And I just kept studying for years and years, and eventually turned that all that studying and books I've written into a, uh, a PhD. Well, by the way, I just have to say that you are talking to a certified yoga teacher. So I am a 100% believe in this stuff. And, um, and, and so I can see it really does change your, your life in so many, on so many levels, internally, externally, you know, it's just uh, amazing. So except, you also except, developed... back, except, except back then it was 
weird. <laughs> in, in the sense you know, that nobody and, was doing it, nobody knew about it, and it was uh, uh, and meditation. Very few people were meditating. The, the research was uh, way skimpier on it versus hundreds and hundreds of studies nowadays. So it was like more of a leap of faith than it was yeah. uh, going into something where I knew this was going to do something. It's it's amazing the the progression. I mean, what has developed over time because yoga has become so westernized, even to me, almost too much so. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, you know, but it's uh, it's it's grown so much, and and all the elements that go with it, like you PhD in holistic health sciences. I mean, that's just one component of it, but the concept of our whole body working and mind and spirit working together is really becoming. so much more accepted these days. So you've developed a number of switched-on courses. What what does that mean, and tell us about them. Well, there's an area that I got involved with uh, many years ago uh, called uh, educational uh, kinesiology or uh, brain gym. And what brain gym is our movement exercises originally developed for children and adults with learning disabilities. We can take D and F graded students and give them the capability of becoming A level students in a semester just by using movement. I got involved with that in around 86 and uh, the, the, the guy who developed it, Dr. Paul Dennison, he has a Ph.D. in education, and so he was developing this work in the uh, education arena for school systems and for kids to use. I got involved, and I was doing things in the business arena, uh, some in the education, but my primary focus was the business arena. And so what I observed is nobody was applying any of this in the business arena, so I went to Dr. Dennison and his wife, Gail, and I said, can I develop a course with this material for salespeople? And it's going to be called Switched On Selling. And they said, sure, go right ahead, and I did. And it's a one-day seminar that does not teach a single technique of selling the entire day. It's a brain rewiring approach, Phyllis, so that it's mm-hmm. actually taking people through the sales process, finding where they have difficulty, what they don't like to do, what they avoid doing, what they don't do well. And in minutes, we're actually creating new neural nets. So it was difficult, quite literally, in minutes becomes easy. You know, it's the brain is such a complicated thing i mean it's literally really the first computer right <laughs> yep. and um and and so to re literally rewire it um it you're saying it can happen almost instantly how yeah. is it that that we don't rewire it sooner you know or or why don't more i mean there are brain surgeons out there that you know why is this not something that is more mainstream well, you just said the key word, brain surgeons. What do surgeons do? Surgery. Operate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this is not operating. This is real simple stuff. They don't make a lot of money from it. They're not going to be as interested in it as their uh, focal point. But there is an organization called Brain Gym International that has people certified around the country uh, teaching this work. So one of the things that I did when I got involved uh, with this and created the Switched On Selling Seminar is that I 
I saw that nobody and doing things in the business arena, but I needed to get proof that this stuff worked because it's very different. And so I decided to do some research studies where people come into the seminar. Beginning of the day, I gave them a questionnaire as to where they were at. End of the day, I gave them another questionnaire to see what changed. And then I collected the forms back, and I got them back to them a month later and asked it, please do a third time through, because I wanted to get over seminar high or placebo effect. Because, Phyllis, you've gone to conferences. Everybody has. We leave excited right. and uh, three days later, you're, doing, you're back to doing what you did before. So I want to see, did anything really change or happen? Uh, can I give you one of the examples of what happened? Phyllis? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. So one of the statements was, I am comfortable asking for the order and closing the sale. Pretty important part of the selling process. Beginning of the seminar day, 695 salespeople that uh, we researched, 52% of them were on the negative side saying, no, I am not comfortable asking the order and closing the sale. End of the day, there were 8% left there. A month later, mm. it was only 6% there. Now, I'm strongly agreeing that I'm comfortable asking the order and closing the sale. Beginning of the day, it was 16%. End of the day, jumped up to 35%. A month later, they got even better. They moved to 50% with the other 43% in agree. And that's with no thought at all, just this brain approach. So, uh, and we have versions of this for uh, called Switched On Network Marketing for people involved in network marketing and multi-level marketing. We've got a version of it now for startup entrepreneurs where we just uh, videoed one for internet marketers. Uh, we've got uh, one for managers and one for advanced entrepreneurs as well. The thing about the brain is that, you know, we learn. I mean, I'm just a layperson, but everything I've read and see and, you know, how many TED Talks I've watched, you know, the brain, different, you know, different parts of the brain do different things. So uh-huh. when you are rewiring I mean, you, you, how, just can you give me an example of what you might do with someone who has a negative approach to sales and then by the end of the, sem- the seminar, just one thing you might do to get them to rewire? Well, for example, somebody has something negative happened to them. We've got a couple of these movement exercises, which are very simple to do. Uh, one of them is called positive points and you hold, um, three fingers on a couple of locations above on the forehead and just in doing that changes blood flow in the brain so just mm. uh, it, it brings more blood to what's called the frontal uh, lobes which is where you can make decisions on something as opposed to just react on something which is located in a different part of the brain and so each of these movements has things that happen in the brain. And so there's an interesting piece of research that was done just uh, maybe a year or two ago. They they took people who were uh, sedentary, they you know like couch potato types, and if they got them into doing even just a little bit of exercise, they were finding that just a little bit of exercise was actually making structural changes in their DNA. Wow. Because 
because we're much more organized than just saying go exercise in terms of these movements and what they're doing in the brain and how they're impacting. And uh, there's a couple of neurophysiologists who are involved with, uh, neurobiologists involved with uh, Brain Gym who've looked at what's going on within the brain around this. And so uh, because we're more systematized, we wind up getting with these, these results and changes happening. And it even equals a bottom line change because what I was giving you was kind of the attitude change uh, before yeah. and after the seminar and a month later. Well, we had a client, this is before the recession, a company called the South Carolina Farm Bureau. It's an insurance company. They decided to put half of their sales force through the one-day seminar. Half of them did not go through it. They tracked everybody for four months after the seminar and they compared last year versus this year figures. People who went through this one-day seminar had a 39% increase in sales. People who did mm. not go through it had no increase. Now, in the insurance industry, premiums are actually a more important figure than, than just straight sales figures. On premiums, the switched-on selling attendees went up 101%. The controls went up 30%. That's a 71% bottom-line differential. Mm, wow. Listen, we have to take a short break, and then when we come back, you're going to demonstrate over the air exactly what you're talking about after we come back from this short break. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Our annual International Conference and Business Expo is on August 7th through the 10th, and we not only have a wonderful lineup of speakers and thought leaders, but this year you will be part of the experience. This is one of, if not the only, conference that will balance your experience between learning from the wisdom of great speakers to hands-on living it through laser coaching, journaling, interacting, and sharing with other conference members. This will be an educational, inspirational, motivational, and transformational experience. Oh yeah, and we have the best party in town on Saturday night. Dancing Till You Drop to one of the best bands in Dallas, Walton South. Visit eWomenNetwork.com for details on how you can be part of this life-changing experience. This is the EWN Radio Network. You're listening to Close Up with Phyllis Smith. And I am talking with Dr. Terry Teplitz. And Dr. Teplitz is uh, a a PhD, a doctor of holistic health sciences, and we've been talking about how uh, your brain can be rewired and, and, uh, and you had... Dr. Teplitz, you had done a, you had these courses and you did this switched on course with these salespeople and people who took this seminar with your using these different techniques increased their sales tremendously and it, the changes actually last. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite astounding. Um, I saw you recently, I watched a little YouTube episode of you um, doing this kinetic uh, reaction that this guy had uh, to looking at different types of light. 
Um, and noticing that if, you know, you, if he looked at a fluorescent light, his, he had like no muscular strength. But then when you put on a different type of light, I think that had the broad spectrum, struct spectrum, and you'll have to correct me on that, then he had, he had the strength. So how does that translate into how we function in terms of optimizing our brain and our energy power? So uh, are you under fluorescent lighting yourself now? You know, funny, I turn it off. I can't stand it. So I don't even, I just, I'm in a room right now and that has no, I don't have any of my lights, my overhead lights on. So you turn it my off. My computer is my light. My computer is my light. Right. So by the end of the day, that's because you don't feel good under them. Correct, would you say? Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's almost like, I don't know, there's just, the, it's too bright or it's too, uh, it just doesn't jive or flow with my computer screens and, mm-hmm. and, uh, so it just doesn't feel right. I just can't stand to have yeah. it on. When it gets too dark outside, like if it's raining or something like that, I might have to turn them on, but I don't like it. So what you're under, uh, Phyllis, is what's known as a cool white fluorescent tube. And for listeners, if you're under fluorescent lighting, it's probably that. There's now something, and that's what I was demonstrating in the video. It's actually called full-spectrum fluorescent tubes. It does not, it's, what it does, it simulates the wavelength of sunlight. It's so it's as mm-hmm. if you're on a summer vacation each and every day. We've actually done research with uh, a client, uh, a hospital, where they did some research with a small study with uh, nurses, and what they did is they compared the cool whites to the full spectrum. And the first thing they looked at were number of headaches reported per week. Under the cool white tube, something like 89% of the people were reporting three or more reported headaches a week. And under the full spectrum, uh, just maybe 10% of the folks had headaches. We looked at late afternoon fatigue levels, cool whites, 60% of the people reported uh, high levels of fatigue late in the afternoon. Uh, nobody uh, was feeling energized. Under the full spectrum, uh, nobody was feeling high levels of fatigue, and they were leaving feeling energized and good, and productivity levels late afternoon also soared. So that it's you don't like the lights on because they're the wrong wavelength, and you we're not aware until right now that there's an actually an option that you have. We had a charter school in Maitland, Florida, who they decided uh, to do some research because they all these the charter school was all learning disabled kids. So they had the teachers under the cool white tubes, which were all well, they had the two in the school at that point, keep records for six weeks on behavior, attention, concentration. End of uh, six weeks, they swapped the tubes out to full spectrum and had the teachers keep records for another six weeks. They were blown away by the level of change in the kids. Now, they were going to pull the full spectrum out of this teacher's classroom, put her cool whites back in, put the full spectrum in another classroom. She wrote at the end of her glowing evaluation, if you attempt to take these out of my classroom, I will fight you and I will change the lock (laughs) on my door. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's called, uh, that was called commitment because she got to see how not only the kids were affected, but she was affected as well. 
So you, you've been mentioning a lot about different types of uh, re brain research and, and uh, how does the brain research support what you're teaching? Well, in terms of the brain research, one of the studies I told you is how movement affects. But just to give you another example, there was a study that was uh, published in Stroke Journal. They had people who all had strokes, so they had varying degrees of paralysis on the left-hand side of the body. What they did is they strapped the right-hand side of the body down. So they just strapped it to the body. They forced them to use their weakened left hand six hours a day, and they initially tested out what they called a 2.2 ability with their weakened hand. After one day of this therapy, they got back to 75% of normal hand use. Wow. Their, the affected part of the brain actually doubled in size from new neuron connections and synaptic connections happening. And one of the people, it was 21 years after they had had a stroke. So there's Whoa. A, yeah, there's a plasticity in the brain that movement becomes crucial for it. Now, think about kids when they learn language, they learn to, to speak, and uh, you don't sit them down and say, you know, A, B, C, D at that point in terms of they run around, they play, and they learn how to talk. Movement is actually crucial for learning. In, so uh, now let me ask you this then. Um, in terms of uh, everyday life, so you mentioned something about, you talk about lighting, you talk about that, you know, movement, re, you know, we can re rewire the brain. But in everyday life, you know, people sitting at work and they get that depleted feeling as the day goes on. Besides changing the light, is there are there any other tips that you can advise people on uh, that could actually help them get more energized and optimize their brain power. Yeah, there's uh, actually two books I have that I've done that have a ton of techniques in them. One is uh, Switched on Living that focuses it on this area of uh, kinesiology called uh, behavioral kinesiology, showing everything around us affects us, how we affect ourselves and what we can do about it. And then another one I've done on managing your stress in difficult times, succeeding in times of change, that has uh, everything from meditation to that shiatsu I was talking about, many, 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 many other ways of keeping yourself energized, relaxed, and feeling good throughout the day. So how much does stress play a role in depleting us. I mean and and how and you talked about some things like meditation and, and things like that and yoga and and uh that that could help people um de stress. Um but it's very hard if we're under a lot of pressure during the day. What about those of us who are meeting deadlines and um you know or entrepreneurs in particular who are, you know, wearing ten different hats. You know, how how can they uh, optimize their brain power? So one of the things that I, I both teach and I do for myself is I meditate twice a day and I teach other people how to do it. And one of the things about meditation physiologically uh, in like 15, 20 minutes of meditation or so, you're actually going to a deeper state than the deepest state of sleep. 
So in 15, 20 minutes, it's like you're getting a six to eight hour battery charge. Now, I travel all around the world speaking. I found with meditation I can beat jet lag even before I get off the plane. Uh, if um, I'm getting feeling tired towards the latter part of the day, I meditate again. I'm energized. So by taking, and when I first started uh, learning how to meditate and doing it, I thought I was going to give up 40 minutes a day doing this. Uh, one of the things I observed is I was used to be a nighttime person. Mornings were a disaster for me. I became became an all-the-time person. I was running a peak efficiency morning, noon, and, and night. And the other thing is I used to need 9 and 10 hours of sleep a night. Uh, because of adding meditation, I only needed between 6 and a half and 7 hours of sleep. So actually mm-hmm. I gained several extra hours plus the quality of the time went way up. When you talk about meditation, I know what you're talking about, and people hear this, and those, though, who don't know how to meditate, I mean, I hear it all the time. I talk to my mom who worries about every every little thing. You know, we talk about meditation, and she's a friend. Yeah, I know, I should meditate, but really they don't know where to begin. I always say start with the breath, but it, you know, and follow your breath. But, it, it, you know, you can meditate and use visualizations. Is there one in particular, a type of meditating that you find to be most effective? I find, that, find one that's very easy to do is uh, from Kriya Yoga. It's in that book I mentioned, Managing Your Stress in Difficult Times. And it's, uh, it's, uh, watch, it's, um, in effect, on your inhale, you're saying a word in your mind or seeing a word coming in between your eyebrows. On the uh, exhale, you're uh, saying a different word as you're exhaling, so your your breath actually controls when you say the word. But uh, one of the mistakes people make is they think they're supposed to make their mind go blank. And that's pretty much almost impossible with uh, meditation for doing for all the time. Occasionally you will, but uh, what really is the important thing to do is when you're aware that you're thinking a thought without getting upset or angry that, oh, I'm thinking a thought, I'm not doing the meditation, you just simply bring yourself back to doing the technique. What they did is they wired people up with testing equipment. They would like heart rate, breath rate, and tell them go meditate. When they came back, they would ask them, to evaluate how was the meditation. Some would say it was fantastic. I didn't want to stop. Others said it was terrible. I answered. I didn't want to be there. When they looked at physiologically, both kinds of folks were at the same deep state of rest and relaxation. So regardless of where your head is at in terms of judging it, simply by sitting down to do it, it's actually benefiting you completely. Mm. Now, um you have uh it, we before we went into the break we were talking about possibly demonstrating over the air uh, uh specifically about what you're talking about is that something that uh, that you'd want to do let's 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 go for that sure how, how much time do we have so i can make sure i can fit it in <laughs> uh not much probably a couple of minutes okay good we can do it are you in a place where you can stand up, Phyllis, or are you sitting down? And I will. In? I might have to shout so that you can all hear me on the – If I, unless I have something to say on the mic, I just have to shut my mouth. So here we okay. go. I'm standing. So, so I want to show you how your thoughts affect the whole physiology of the body. So not only you, but listeners who are listening to this where you can stand up. I'd like you to stand up if you're not stand up later. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to – 
think a negative thought about something, really negative thought, and listeners also. And then I'm going to give you some instructions to notice your breathing, notice, uh, so you're not opening, you have your eyes closed, just notice internally, am I breathing shallow or deep? I'll ask you to notice your posture, am I slouching upright, and a couple of other things. And then I'll ask you as the representative of the audience what you noticed, Phyllis, okay? So you ready? Okay, go ahead. So standing up, hands just to the side of your body, close your eyes, and pick that really negative thought. And now intensify that negative thought. And without adjusting your body, just observe your physical posture now. Just observe your breathing. Observe any pain you have in your body and where it is. And observe what's going on in your mind. Now open your eyes, Phyllis. You can sit down for a second. And what do you? What did you observe in terms of physical posture? Um, I, I, my, my shoulders were tight. I felt my okay. shoulders were like up. And, and as a yoga teacher, I know like about you know about all that, and I was very yeah. in tune with that. How tight I got. Great. And did you know? Were you slump- a lot of people will also wear this slumping. Did you notice any of that? Uh, no, I didn't. I just felt a tightening even in my, even in my stomach. Yeah. Great. Okay. How, and did you notice anything about your breathing? Shallow. Okay. And most people say that also. Um, so you noticed some pain, some discomfort in your stomach, correct? It was, it was just sort of a whole tightening. Even my mouth got dry a little bit. I'm feeling it now. Like I feel my mouth was dry. Yeah. And did you notice stuff going on in your mind? Um, well, other than that thought, um, yep. you know, the negative thought and experience that I had that was that was uh, very negative for me. Okay. Um, so, that, yeah. so, so what we're going to do now because we're uh, running short on time is stand up again and listen as you take. Uh, you're going to do this also. I want you to think a very positive thought. You're going to focus on that. I'll have you do the same, noticing uh, breathing and posture. So close your eyes, Phyllis, okay. and listeners, join us and pick that really positive thought. And now, once again, observe your physical posture, your breathing, any pain you feel, and what's going on in your mind. Okay, you can open your eyes, be seated again, Phyllis. So what did you observe this time, physical posture? Much more relaxed. Um, mm-hmm. Even I got a little choked up, uh-huh. but in like a relaxed way. In a relaxed way. You know, I, I, it wasn't yeah. choked up like bad choked up. It was choked yeah. up like, you know, kind of um, a warming feeling. And your shoulders were down. Yep, shoulders down. What? Body relaxed. Even right now as I'm talking to you, I just feel more relaxed. My breathing was deeper. Deeper. And uh, what about the stomach? Was that gone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you notice a difference in your mind from the first time and the second time? Yeah, I was just more, well, I was thinking about a better thing. So when you say mind, yep. I'm, I mean, I'm, I was thinking about a more positive a positive. Yeah. Experience and the funny thing is, the first time with the negative, I wanted to not think about it. I found my mind drifting away from it, and with the yep. positive one, I was, I was, I was, you know, it was lit lasted longer. So what you just experienced is how our thoughts immediately affect the physiology of the body. 
So it's not just a thought as a thought. A thought has an entire reaction on our entire system. And one of the things I'll be showing when I do the uh, the pre-conference workshop at uh, your eWomen's conference in August is how in two minutes you can actually get rid of the charge attached to that negative thought by using some of the brain gym exercises I'll be showing you in that uh, session. So it will no longer have a negative impact on you. Well, I look forward to that, and this was just an eye-opener for me. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Jerry Teplitz. Uh, Jerry, how can people find you if they want to learn more about you? They can go to my website. It's just my last name, Teplitz, spelled T-E-P as in Paul, L-I-T-Z.com. That's Teplitz.com. Very good. Thank you so much. So appreciate what you're doing for, for the world and uh, making a big difference. We'll be back in a moment. Yeah, go ahead. And I look forward to seeing you uh, and your listeners at the uh, conference. Yes, me too. So now that we've optimized our brain power, we're going to put your brain to work. Stick around coming up right after this short break. Most people know UPS, but did you know we offer expert advice and time-saving tools for startups? I have a big idea, and now I have big decisions to make. We can help you get there. Startups need all the help we can get. Talk with our experts and find technology that can help you automate tasks so you can do more, faster. To grow, I need help saving time and money. Have a one-on-one consultation with a specialist at no cost, and our shipping and tracking tools are free as well. I want to be more efficient and streamline operations. You can even sign up for UPS Smart Pickup, which will automatically notify a driver whenever you create a shipment online. Wow, so I can spend more time focusing on the big picture? You focus on your business while we take care of the logistics. Putting more energy toward my dreams? That would be huge. Get expert advice for your growing business. See how at ups.com slash startups. I love logistics. This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Close Up with your host, Phyllis Smith. And welcome back to Close Up. Yes, I'm Phyllis Smith. So we've just learned all about how we optimize our brain, how we can increase our energy, how turning a negative thought into a positive thought can actually have physiological effects on us, which is one way that we can actually optimize our brain power and our energy. So now let's take the brain, now that we've done that, we've optimized our energy and brain power, and let's put it to work. Um, my next guest is a business development expert. She's grown multiple six- and seven-figure business, businesses for herself and others while she manages to be a mom, a wife, actually have time for herself, too. She's quite a superwoman. Uh, she started her first of nine businesses when she was only 23 years old. Um, she met in uh, Dallas. It was a restaurant. Now she lives in Arizona, uh, where in 2005 she developed the Art of Wine, a retail tasting room in Sedona, generated a clothing line. Now there's a national wine club and a winery she started, also a speaker at eWomen Network Conference. Please welcome Laura Gisborne. Hey, Laura. Hi, Phyllis. How are you? Were you were you uh, doing the exercise? <laughs> I know. I was I listening you intently. Yes, 
pretty fascinating uh, stuff, isn't it? You, it really, it really is. And uh, you know, I was saying that you managed to do a whole bunch of things and find time for yourself and just be a generally. I don't know. When I've met you several, when I've seen you several times and interacted, you seem to be a very positive, happy person. So, um, you know, what's your secret? <laughs> the secret is the systems. That's really what it yeah. is. Um, for any women entrepreneurs or men entrepreneurs that are hitting ceilings, um, there's systems that we have to have in place no matter what industry we're in, systems around our time, systems around our money, systems around our mindset. I loved all the brain training that we were just, you know, gifted with here because it's keeping ourselves on track, right? That's, that takes muscles and it takes uh, some training to learn how to do that. So good stuff. Yes, and you have lots of systems in place. Um, so you have something called, you, you talk about the golden trifecta, three things that you can do to skyrocket your profits now in any industry. So can you run through uh, what that trifecta is? Sure. Um, if I was standing with you, I'd be just drawing a triangle and kind of telling you that. So if you could look at the kind of the lower left corner of the triangle, it's marketing. You have to market your business. You have to really continually and religiously and consistently be in communication with your ideal clients. The second piece for our trifecta is sales. So I loved the conversation we were just having about sales coming easily for folks. Sales is such a natural piece of business, but we get stuck, right? And, and so when people learn to really learn how to market their business, learn who they're here to serve, learn how to have sales come with ease and really adopt the mindset that sales is only a vehicle for us to serve others, right? It's all about service. It's not about the big cash thing. What ends up happening is when the marketing and sales come together and become integrated in a very clean, congruent way, the revenue starts escalating, right? So we start seeing more revenue. And then that brings new opportunities for growth and development. But really staying focused in that place where um, a lot of my clients, when they hit the wall financially, the first question is always, what revenue-generating activities did you do today? That needs to be the first and foremost focus of any leader in business is where's the cash coming in, right? Because if the revenue is not coming in, it's really difficult to get your message out and serve people and do what you're here to do. So getting clear on that, that, that dance between marketing, sales, and revenue and then doing it, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat every day yeah. is where a business starts to really consistently grow no matter what industry you're in. And I think sometimes, um, and maybe particularly, um, I, I hate to say this, but I, uh, women, women uh, entrepreneurs, and I know that I could be this way where we tend to be the visionary, we tend to, you know, have sort of a big picture, but we don't like to necessarily, we don't necessarily have the systems in place to really see what our return on investment is. Where is, you know, where is show me the money? Where is the money? You know, right. what is coming in and what and what's going out, right? Right? Exactly. Um, yeah. How important, when you talk about, um, you know, those are three systems, but what about how important is it to also um, really, uh, mon you know, watch that money and keep have systems to, to, mon to uh, measure that? Absolutely. So, you know, you and I have talked about this before, and the big breakdown that I see is the most common piece for all of us is not around having systems around our time, right, and how we spend our time. That's the number one key that's the great equalizer. So people who are hugely successful in life 
be it through business, their health, their relationships, you know, that you see people that have a holistic approach to life, they're very protective about how they spend their time and what they spend their time on. When I have a business owner that I'm working with and we're talking about, again, where's the revenue, right? Where's that golden trifecta? How do we get you there? You have to learn to love to make money. And there's a whole lot of, you know, we just did a, we just did an event, Money Marketing and Sales, for Secrets for Women Entrepreneurs that I put out in the spring kind of as a one-day. I had it off and said, oh, is this going to happen? And boom, we had 80 responses in, in two hours on Facebook. So, oh, okay, we might be interested in this. The secrets are to really educate yourself and get the systems in place. And, and I agree with you, Phyllis. I think people don't. We're not raised knowing how to do this stuff, number one, and then we tend to put our heads in the sand because we get a little overwhelmed about it. And by creating systems about how we track our revenue, where we spend our revenue, right? We spend a lot of time focusing on making more money, but we don't look at the other two key factors to building wealth, which is reducing our cost and then growing the money that we keep, Right? We have to learn to keep more of it. So there's right. that place of, you know, developing those skills and then having that be something you look forward to every day, right? Not like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to look at my financials. Um, it's tax time. Now what do I do? Right. When you talk about you have to love to make money, I mean, when I think about it, who doesn't want to make money? What, what do you really mean by that? Is it something that you're born with? Is it something that no. we could learn to uh, – to, to accept? Yeah, so my work in what I do with my leadership company, Phyllis, is really around breaking cycles of poverty for women on the planet. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't take it lightly at all. And what poverty looks like in much of the planet, right, more than two-thirds of the planet still lives on less than $2 a day, is really surviving. That's getting by, right? That's, that's poverty as we have a perception of it. What happens for us in developed nations where we're educated and really affluent is that there lives a poverty consciousness. There lives this idea that there's not enough and that I'm not enough and that I can't make enough, right? So that drives people, and that's where a lot of discontent comes from. When someone stops giving away their power to money and instead of working for money, learning to have money work for them, all of their lives start to shift, Right? So we just, we, we have this thing where we put money up on a pedestal and money is simply a form of energy that comes to us and through us in direct proportion to how many people we serve. Right? So I always use the adage of McDonald's because that was my first job. I always say God had a bigger plan. I was to learn about systems. I didn't know that's what he had in mind for me. But if you look at, you know, McDonald's, like they stopped counting at some point, right? When we were little kids, you and I, we'd go by and there'd always be that big number. Now it's like billions and billions served. Yeah. Right? That's the right. big secret about yeah. money. If you want to make more money, you need to serve more people, and you need help to learn how to do it because none of us are born knowing how to do this. Yeah. Now, you have something yeah. called your fast path to cash. I don't, yeah. Is there such a thing as a fast path to cash? I mean, <laughs> that when I hear that, I feel like when I hear those advertisements about lose weight fast but don't need to exercise, right. just do this plan, and it's, it sounds yeah. a little scammy to me. So what do you mean right. by that? Well, there's no scam, right? So I'm a typical overnight sensation, right? I'm almost 50 years old, so I've been in business 25 years. Um, so the fast path to cash is this. The number one thing that I see that holds people back from generating the revenue they want to generate in their business is a lack of focus. And yeah. if you want to get to that place, when revenue is in a company, it is sustainable and recurring, 
the leader of that company is free to be the creative visionary that they're actually here to be. Right, so it's never mm-hmm. you know when we first started our work, it was around passion, powered with passion, passion, purpose, profits. I was kind of figuring out my branding. You know, it's never that there's a lack of passion. There's plenty of passion in every business owner's um, toolbox initially, but if they don't right. have the tools to really learn how to hone their focus on the revenue generating activities, so the fast pass to cash videos, which are available online, um, you can find them on YouTube, are really like. How to generate a six-figure business. This is one of the first big hurdles for most new business owners. Like, how do I get to that first six figures? And I don't know what the right. numbers are specifically, so I don't want to claim it, but, you know, it's less than 10% of solopreneurs and small business owners even reach 100,000. So how to do that? Like, what's the formula for doing that? And in that training also is sales with ease. Because when you learn how to strengthen your muscles around inviting your ideal client to work with you, the revenue starts coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. other piece is, um, you know, like how do you structure this? What, what is marketing? What, when I came into doing this leadership company and an Internet-based business, this was the first time I've ever had a business where my face was on the front. It's the first time I've had a business where I really was working with people globally through the Internet. I had a lot to learn. I mean, I'm telling you, I didn't know anything about marketing. So something about just reducing that to the ridiculous and explaining it in a video, in a five-minute video, I, I get a lot of feedback that it's helpful. Mm. So I, I, find, yeah. I, I find that, you know, uh, it's so hard to be in business today because we don't just have a brick and mortar. You know, it's, it's yep. not like come to my store and I'll sell you some products. Now, it's, everything is global. Even if you have brick and mortar, you still have to have an online component. And yeah. you have, you know, social media. How does that play in? It becomes so overwhelming that I don't, you know, and when you talk about focus, it's like, really, what do you focus on first? <laughs> you know, the, um, I mean, if you have a business, you have to have a website, you have to have a Facebook page, you have to have a Twitter, you, ha- you have to do all of these things. And once in so many entrepreneurs are solopreneurs and, and haven't reached that point where they, they can hire somebody to, to necessarily do that for them. So how do you stay focused as hard as it is and chaotic as it is to be in business today? So being in business today is more diversified. I actually feel like it's not harder. I feel like it's actually easier. And Mm. the challenge with people is not a lack of opportunity, right? There's no lack of resources on the planet, especially now that we have Google, right? You know, so even the education systems are changing all over the world. It's not about a lack of resources. It's about a lack of focus and decision-making. So every business that I've ever had and every business that I've ever mentored and helped anybody else with, they're really core places you need to spend your time, right? The first and foremost thing is around mastering where is a good use of your time, like what's actually driving the revenue. And I promise you this, it's, not, it's never about the money, right? Our tribe is all about Inside eWomen Network, myself as a platinum member. It's all about how inspired we are to lift as we climb and give for share always. Thank you, Sandra Yancey. Mm. When you have that component, you have more of an obligation to get the money thing handled, in my opinion. Because I don't want money to hold you back from living your purpose and being the special gift that you are here to be. So you want to learn how to 
spend time every day on the revenue generating activities. And you know, when you when you gave me the compliment earlier, thank you, that I'm usually a happy person. You know, I'm very blessed. I have great health, but I pay attention to it. It's important, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are the core yeah. values that you want? And have your business be something that you design around your life not your life around your business. All too often I see entrepreneurs dive in and then they lose themselves. They lose relationships. They lose health. They lose, again, their perspective. Why am I actually doing this? What's the bigger purpose? Mm-hmm. Right? right? So yeah. the systems around how you spend your time and where you focus, the systems around money and tracking your money, we have a whole section of that that we teach again and again and again because as you start to grow in your business, there's new opportunities, right? Systems around mm-hmm. your messaging. Your messaging needs to be congruent. You need to really, if, if I've learned nothing in the last, you know, four years here of being out in the world and traveling around and speaking and leading, it's that when you get very congruent with who you are and who you're here to serve, the universe rises up to meet you and those people are presented to you again and again. But that congruency and and that clarity has to come from inside of you. And, you know, I think branding is, you know, it's always been important in the marketing and the branding aspect, but because you are seen on so many levels, again, it's not just a sign or a logo on your stationery and, and your building. It's now how are you representing yourself on in social media, on your website, and, you know, and and so you, you that that part of you, that brand that uh, has to, you really have to come clean with that. I mean, that has to be so, you have to be so sure of that and, and what that is because it's seen in so many uh, different uh, areas. Am I right? Yes, and I think, you know, the question you've asked about, like, how does this work with social media? Well, isn't that, we could have, like, six hours of conversation on that. I know, but really. I'll tell you that, yeah, right, my, my, my twin, Maury Smith, and I have the same birthday, and I consider her the the quintessential social media expert, especially around Facebook. Um, But she says, you know, remember that people buy from people. Like people work with people. So even when you are working with large corporations or companies, there's still a human relationship happening. You know, the singularity is near, for those of you who are Ray Kurzweil fans. Um, And we get that, that, you know, there's so much that's automated, but people are hungry for connection. Right, And that's actually one of the systems that I teach in Master Systems is how to master your connections because, again, as Sandra so eloquently says, none of us can do it alone, right? And one of the key elements of success is to allow ourselves to receive support. And when you're talking about solopreneurs and, like, how do I delegate and how do I learn how to do that, you know, there's some things that you want to look at to discover what your true uniqueness is in the marketplace. And most of us, um, you know, we're – we can't see it for ourselves, so that's why we need our brothers and sisters around us to help us bring those pieces of, of our unique experience to the forefront. Then the messaging becomes very congruent, and the more vulnerable and transparent a leader of a company is, the more I see their business fly. Mm, yeah. Yes, well, listen, it's never about, it's never about the posturing at all. It's about yeah. the clear congruence of service. Right. Uh, we have to take a short break, uh, Laura. Laura Gizmore, um, uh, Gisborne, sorry. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how to remove the struggle from magnetizing and enrolling your ideal clients. Coming up right after the break. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Our annual international conference and business expo is on August 7th through the 10th. 
And we not only have a wonderful lineup of speakers and thought leaders, but this year you will be part of the experience. This is one of, if not the only, conference that will balance your experience between learning from the wisdom of great speakers to hands-on living it through laser coaching, journaling, interacting, and sharing with other conference members. This will be an educational, inspirational, motivational, and transformational experience. Oh yeah, and we have the best party in town on Saturday night. Dancing Till You Drop to one of the best bands in Dallas, Walton Stout. Visit eWomenNetwork.com for details on how you can be part of this life-changing experience. Welcome back to Close Up with Phyllis Smith. And you just heard that commercial for the eWomen Network International Conference and Business Expo. And we've been speaking um, for the whole show with uh, two of the speakers that are going to be at the conference. Dr. Jerry Teplitz uh, uh, was on earlier and now uh, Laura Gisborne. And Laura, um, as I mentioned earlier, you are definitely a veteran serial entrepreneur. You've had nine businesses. You coach uh, others and have grown multiple six- and seven-figure businesses for yourself and for others as well. So we're talking about systemizing. You have the, you know, the golden trifecta, marketing, sales, and revenue generating. What are you doing every day to uh, generate revenue? So, Laura, so how, um, how do we remove the struggle around magnetizing and enrolling your ideal clients? And I love that word, magnetizing, because I envision, you know, an entrepreneur standing there and then all these, these potential <laughs> customers just like, you know, they're sucking them in because they just can't yeah. resist them. So, yeah, I love that. So fun. Yeah, so really the, the challenge around magnetizing and enrolling your ideal client comes from not knowing who that person is. And an exercise that was really helpful for me when I was starting this company and doing my leadership work was an exercise given to me by two of my coaches, actually, Kendall Summerhawk and Fabian Fredrickson. We did this in a variation. But it was to sit down and write out 20 to 30 results that my clients received from working with me. And this sounds like kind of a simple thing to do, but it's a little tough, right? Because you get the first five or ten things, they come out easily. But you start to look yeah. at the really deeper results that are available for your clients and your work. This is a benefit for you in twofold. Number one, it helps you to see the avatar of who you're here to serve. And number two, it helps you to really see where that languaging needs to be in your message so that people know that those deep results, because that's really what we want. We want the deep results. We don't want to know how. We just want the results. That you are the person who not only understands what your ideal client needs, but you have the tools to help them. And today, in 2014, I know who my ideal client was, but when I first started this work and I had my first clients in 2011, I really didn't know, right? I mean, I knew that I was out to serve, but I wasn't really sure how. And I think that that's the place where people get confused because they think, oh, I've got to get it all figured out first, and then I can get out in the world and serve. And it's exactly the opposite. It's by getting out in the world and serving and by showing up and offering your services that you learn actually who you're here to work with. Mm. 
And I would think, you know, it, it's so hard. I mean, you deal, you were talking about, uh, you talk about uh, your ideal client. So, again, who is your ideal client, client Laura, Laura Gisborne? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. That's really generous of you. So my ideal client is a woman entrepreneur that has been in business for a few years, and she really has a passion to serve in a much bigger way. She wants to grow her company. She wants to reach more people, but she gets stuck. And usually the overwhelm comes from a lack of systems, a lack of structure, and it's never about that loving people and wanting to be in passion and be in service, it's about not having the muscles and knowing where to focus. So this ideal client of mine, she and I work together, and it's such a beautiful dance for both of us because together we're creating systems and structures so that her business can grow in a sustainable, recurring simplified way and she can be free to serve from her heart right so we're all about how to live your legacy now each one of us is making a difference every day we're making uh, leaving our footprint on the planet when that becomes a conscious work and the revenue that's generated by your business that's supporting your work instead of the other way around you working for your business um it starts to free up amazing amazing things you know, and uh, I think you alluded to it earlier about time management, too. So you have these systems in place, um, and you, like you and so many of us, you know, we sir, wear many hats, not just in our business, but we also have our own personal hats that we wear. You know, we're mothers, yep. we're, in some case, grandmothers, uh, wives, uh, Friends, you know, you can't forget your friends either. And right. so, um, how important is time management? Is there maybe like one thing that you can say? And and by the way, uh, be in good health. So, um, is there one thing that you could say in terms of time management that would help us be focused and be able to generate the revenue and do keep those systems in place? Because those systems ain't nothing if you don't got the time for it. Exactly. So remember that time is the great equalizer, right? Each and every one of us are living in the same time frame, right, the same 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, and how we choose to spend that is directly what results in how we live our life. So what we see as results of our actions are how we're spending our time. Now, the way to get clear on this, because most of us are unconscious about it until we have a wake-up call, and I talk a little bit about that in my book, Stop the Spinning, because you get a wake-up call. Something happens, and you realize, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm not going to live forever, and you get clear about your time. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for death, divorce, or disease. Get in action now and really choose how you're spending your time, what really matters to you. So I have two exercises that are brief that I'd love to share with you. Do you mind? Yes, and then uh, we only have, like, you know, about a minute to go. So go ahead. Give, Perfect, it, to okay. give it to so us straight. Got it. So the first one is to write down on a piece of paper all the things you'd be doing differently with your day if you won the lottery. You won a big lottery. What would you be doing differently? The second exercise is to take a time journal and write down where you spend your time in really small increments, like you got up, what time, you went to the computer, how long did you spend an email, and actually write it all out for yourself for about two to three days, and you'll be amazed at where you're wasting time. But it's a great way to open your eyes and to get clear about letting go of the things that are not serving you. Very good. Well, Laura Gisborne, you will be speaking at the eWomen Conference. I look forward to see, seeing you not just see you speak, but also just personally. I just You're just such a, a wonderful uh-huh. person to be around because with all the success you've had, you just have this warmth that just emanates from you. And so I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your experience. 
experience and your time. You're always so generous with giving uh, of yourself. So I appreciate you and we'll uh, and that for joining us today. Yeah, thank you again for having me. I'm very honored to be invited.